bright and fair, I feel like traveling on. Yes, I feel like traveling on. I feel like traveling on. Oh, my heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. Now my heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. No pain nor death can enter there. I feel like traveling on. Yes, I feel like traveling. I feel like traveling on That heavenly mansion shall be mine I feel like traveling on Yes, I feel like traveling on I feel like traveling on My heavenly home too much voice, so y'all just uh, help me sing it. It's Jesus on the main line, just tell him what you want. It's Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. It's Jesus on the main line, now tell him what you want. Jesus on the what you want, well, I ain't never busy, so tell him what you want, well, I ain't never busy, tell him what you want, keep calling him and tell him what you want, oh, now call him up, oh, call him up, just tell him what you want, call him up, call him up and tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line. 
we'll uh, go ahead and change the order of the service here. Let's uh, slow it down just a bit. And let's sing that song, um, He is Here. And uh, sing. For He is here. want to uh, continue to remember Sister Laura Collins in Canada, that the Lord would just uh, be with her and her family. Uh, we also just want to uh, remember my sister Ashley. Uh, she is at home sick, so if you would just please remember her. And uh, also uh, Sister Emma Harwell is at home not feeling well, so we just want to remember her in prayer. And uh, we just want to continue to remember the believers in Ukraine that God would just continue to look out for them and keep them safe uh, in this time that they're going through. And I know that we all have uh, many unspoken prayer requests just by the lifting of your hand. Uh, we just uh, want to thank everyone for being here. I see uh, Brother Troy and Sister Connie back there, and it's just good to see them, that the Lord has brought them through and uh, just brought them back. So we just want to welcome you. And if I could have Brother John Harwell just come up and pray over these uh, prayer requests. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you know these needs. Lord, you know how this fall plays out. You know the end result, Lord. We just ask you, Lord, in the name of these people, Lord, in the name of your name, Jesus Christ, Lord, that you would just be with them, Lord, heal them, Lord, just comfort them in this time of 
unrest, Lord, over in Ukraine, Lord. We just ask you to bless our service, Lord. Bless our efforts here. Lord, come be with us. Lord, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. Thank you, Brother John. And uh, we do have one special uh, this evening. Uh, Dad is going to sing a special for us. So I'll just hand it over to him. Lord, keep me sanctified When the storm clouds gather When the battle gets rough And the way seems so hard Lord, when I tried so hard When I'm in such a failure Whatever I do Whatever I say, Lord, keep me sanctified. When the messenger came to old Joe that evening, and he said to Job, all your children have died. I can't hear Job say, though God slay me, I will trust him. Job lost everything he ever did gain, but he stayed sanctified. Lord, keep me sanctified when the storm clouds gather, when the battle gets rough and the way seems so hard. Lord, when I've tried so hard. And when I've been such a failure Whatever I do, whatever I say Lord, keep me sanctified When my work down here On this old earth has ended and I lay at rest by my sweet Savior's side. I'm going to praise His name forever and ever. For the way that He always stood by me and kept me sanctified. Lord, keep me sanctified. Storm clouds gather when the battle gets rough and away seems so hard. Lord, when I tried so hard and when I've been such a failure, whatever I do, whatever I say, Lord, keep me sanctified. Sanctified when the storm clouds gather, when the battle gets rough and the way seems so hard. Lord, when I tried so hard. 
such a failure Whatever I do Whatever I say Lord keep me sanctified Whatever I do Whatever I say Lord keep me sanctified Amen sing that song as you stand and uh, we'll go ahead and uh, ask our ushers to come forward at this time as well Um, let's sing that song cover me peace of God amen Uh, brother Chris if you would just pray over the tithes and offering
now just cover me when I am hurting cover me when I'm not strong and cover me when I am going through the storm and cover me when all seems hopeless cover me when my faith is gone let the peace that passes all I understand so cover me when I am hurting cover me when I'm not strong cover me when I am going through the storm and cover me seems hopeless cover me when my faith is gone let the peace that passes all I understand just cover me oh peace of God cover Brother Barry comes, so if you would just continue to play that. But um, as we sing it again, just uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about what's been going on over there, and I'm sure that that is the believers in Ukraine their prayer now, and that should be our prayer too. That you know, we may not have war, physical war here, but we still experience that spiritual battle, and we should always have God covering us and that should be our prayer so just as um brother barry comes let's just sing it again and just make that personal this evening so peace of god cover me Only 
is gone Oh, I understand Father God, we thank you that we have a place of shelter, a place of refuge, a place, Lord, where we can feel secure. How blessed we are. How thankful we are. Lord, we give you this service now tonight and ask in Jesus' name that you would minister, Lord, to the hearts of your people. And Lord, maybe we... May we be fully aware, Lord, of our dependence upon you. Father, we thank you for your healing power. And we believe, Lord, it is still accessible and available to your people. So we commit those into your hands that are in great need. We ask, O oh God, that you would draw near to those that are listening tonight, Lord, and those who are not well, and those who are alone. And Father, we pray that your peace that passes understanding would just be their portion tonight. Forgive us of anything, Lord, that would hinder the moving of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, anoint me to say what you would have me to say. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Well, while you're standing tonight, we pull up our PowerPoint and um, we'll have you look in the scripture uh, tonight together. And we're going to be looking in Romans chapter 10. We're going to start there tonight. Romans the 10th chapter. In verse, verse 14. We'll start there. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word, and you can be seated tonight. We welcome all of you, and especially all of you that have been away. Good to have you with us tonight. I got a lot of hay on my fork tonight, so I want to just jump right in give you a couple of quick announcements and then we're going to look into the into the word tonight <clears throat> we have our marriage banquet not this weekend but next weekend we have to let our caterers know a lot of things but one of the most important things we have to let them know is how many people are coming and so if you are coming and you haven't signed up do it tonight if you know someone who would like to come, you're certainly welcome to invite them and have them sign up as well. They can go to the website, you can go to our library and uh, sign up there. Um, we are just expecting a wonderful time with Brother uh, Jason uh, being with us and uh, we, uh, we would encourage all of you to come and be there for the evening and uh, it's promising to be a, just a blessed time. 
We want to remember the drums. They're not here tonight and have been feeling uh, badly. They've had a a viral um, respiratory issue going on, and uh, we certainly want to remember them in prayer. I know they're listening tonight. Emma and Lily are still not here tonight, and we miss them. Good to have the Harvolds back. And... uh, but uh, Emma and Lily are not here tonight. I am glad to announce that uh, Brother Mark is here tonight, right? Mark Sylvester. I saw Mark come in. Uh, the grandchild that we prayed for Sunday is now home. And uh, we are thankful for that, Brother Mark, and uh, glad to hear that good report. We also have um, a men's breakfast that we're going to do March 26th. Uh, Saturday night, and we're going to have that catered by a very, what? Saturday morning. Not Saturday night, Saturday morning. It's going to be breakfast. And we have a very special caterer going to take care of that for us, Ron Knobloch. And uh, some of you don't know, Brother Ron was a cook in the Navy and uh, knows how to pull together a breakfast, let me tell you. And uh, so we're going to have a little time of fellowship Uh, and devotion together in the morning starting 9 o'clock. And then for those that are able, uh, we're going to have a little light duty around here, a couple of things that we want to get done before Easter. And so we encourage all of you guys to come on. And uh, you young guys that are probably on the line about whether you can go or not go, you should be pushing at me to say, Brother Barry, can I go? At least for the breakfast, you should be going. So... um, want to keep that uh, date in mind if you, if you uh, don't mind. Now, <clears throat> Brother John Harwell in our church, who most of you know, uh, did something that I never did uh, in my life, and that was meet Sister Maria in Tanzania. And when he went over there and I couldn't go, uh, what year was that, John? 2020? 2019. It was 19. And I couldn't go. And Brother John went and uh, represented our church over there. And he got to meet Sister Maria who came from Magunga. You remember the testimony of uh, Magunga where she was the wife of a Muslim man who had multiple wives. They tried to kill her when she converted to to Christianity. Remember that? Tried to blow up the stove, tried to poison her and so forth. Couldn't do it. She came in. Uh, and brought her husband eventually in. They built a church, remember, the skyscraper that's in Magunga, and uh, had built a wonderful church there. She was a real Christian, a real believer, had a great testimony. And uh, yesterday she passed away and went on to be with the Lord. And uh, she went with her uh, niece for dinner at her house, and uh, she said after dinner she was not feeling well, laid down, died right on the spot. The Lord took her home. And so um, Brother John was uh, the only person in the assembly that got to meet her. I was really hoping to be able to go to Magunga and uh, to be able to meet Sister Maria, shake her hand, uh, but I never got a chance to. We'll have to meet her over on the other side. There have been many, many uh, things that are transpiring over the last few days, and we have many, many people that have been listening in to get the reports on some of the events that have been taking place uh, overseas and primarily in Ukraine. But tonight I wanted to update you a little bit on uh, some of the things that are taking place and some things you haven't heard. Um, I'm really careful about the news that I uh, report. 
And in this case, uh, there are so many believers in Ukraine that I'm able to give you news that is very direct, things that people are standing there with their phones and photographing or telling me about so that we're not relying on a third party or someone we don't know, but this is actual fact. And uh, as you, you don't need me to tell you because the news is constantly uh, being broadcast, but the, uh, the time of passive uh, aggression is over uh, with the Russian army, and they have moved in big time, and they're making life very difficult. They're uh, committing some uh, very uh, horrific things against the Ukrainian people. As a result, there's a great big displacement of people now going on, including believers who are on the move. So I'm going to share a little bit with you tonight about that because I just want you to be aware that there are times when uh, we reach out because we know that's the commission, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And yet there are times in the book of Acts when churches were under pressure because of politics or because of uh, just religious persecution and the believers rallied together, sent offerings, did what they could, sent representatives in order to assist and encourage the people who were there. So sometimes we go because of commission, sometimes we go because of necessity. But either way, when one member of the body hurts, we all hurt. It doesn't matter the color of their skin, it doesn't matter their locality, geography has nothing to do with it. But when one member hurts, we all hurt. So therefore, whenever we can do something for members of the body of Christ... To me, that's the will of God. And so um, because of the experience that I've had and others have had uh, in Ukraine, uh, it's been kind of strategic, and especially, which I never planned this, but uh, in the fall, having the opportunity to go over there and reconnect with the believers again allowed me to have a kind of a, uh, probably the last person in uh, to look and uh, be able to fellowship with the believers over there. And so sometimes... uh, You know, you just have a revelation that what you're doing is the will of God. But I will tell you this, that faith pursues what revelation reveals. Faith pursues what revelation reveals. So when you know you have a revelation from God, you know it's from God. Faith says, I'm going after that. I'm going to do that. So think about that. You might want to write that down, that faith pursues what revelation reveals. So to me... uh, you know, when God lays something on your heart, then we're going to pick that up. And to me, this is the way I feel about it now. I'm going to pick that up and do all I can because I feel like if God's laid that on my heart, even if I can't see the way to get it done, God must have a way somewhere, somehow, because he would never give in a revelation if there wasn't a way. Does that make sense? So therefore, uh, to me, this is, uh, this is not, and I want to say this very clearly, To me, the end of the world is not winding down in a horrible mess for us, but rather it's ramping up into a glorious conclusion. Time is not winding down in a big horrible mess for us, but rather it's ramping up into a glorious conclusion. And I believe that these are the beginnings of the end of things, and I believe that uh, what you need to say in your heart uh, very sincerely is that you trust him. And I believe what he wants to hear you say in your heart, young and old, is I trust you. Lord, I don't know where this is going, and I don't know what my involvement's going to be. I don't know what life's going to look like by the time this is over, but I trust you. I don't know what's going to happen in the physical world around me, but I trust you. And when you say you trust him from your heart, 
He puts things in action on your behalf that you have no idea even exist. But I will tell you, he will watch over his bride. Not a hair of their heads is unnoticed by God. And so therefore, uh, all week I've spent time encouraging the people in Ukraine and the people around that area. And so I just want to share you some of the images and some of the things that are going on uh, tonight just as we speak. And uh, we're going to dedicate this service here. And I don't know why this is not working here, but uh, let's just see if we can get this uh, rolling here. In the message, God has a provided lamb. Brother Branham said, and now, how will he be known and how will we know him? He said, by his nature and what he does and his works. And he said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. That's you he's talking about. I am the vine, ye are the branches. And the branch bears the fruit, not the vine. The vine energizes the branch. And if that ever really puts out another branch, they'll write another book of Acts behind it. So if revelation reveals it, faith is going to pursue it, right? So it's the revelation is something that God gives you, but then by faith we pursue it, then we are the branch that God is using. And that's why they had it in the days of the apostles and the apostolic age. It never ended. So part of our, uh, part of our uh, strategy is, like I said, to take the gospel, and that's the commission to go into all the world. But there are times when uh, there are believers out there who are going through difficulty, and I think, just in fairness, you would want them to look at us. If we were going through a similar uh, scenario, you would want them to look at us and say, how can we help our brothers over in America? How can we do something on their behalf as well? And so we, we know this is true. To, Brother Bram said to stop... He said, I say this, unbelief does not stop God. It doesn't stop his program, doesn't stop his move, doesn't stop nothing but the unbeliever. That's a weak amen. Let me say it again. Unbelief does not stop God. Mr. Putin's not going to stop God, right? Politics is not going to stop God. War is not going to stop God. Nothing stops his program. Nothing stops his move. Nothing stops, the un- nothing stops but the unbeliever. It stops him and his sin, and there he is standing looking at himself. So if God's got a program, there's nothing on this earth going to stop it. God's going to carry out his will and his word exactly the way that God intends. When I was up in Finland, Brother Branham said, and having a meeting up there, I was right on the Russian border, and everybody tells you we hear a lot of propaganda that Russia's all communist. He said, don't you believe that nonsense. There's millions of Christians in Russia. What Russia needs is a revival. They need men of God to stand out with something real. That was 1962. We never knew at all that there were uh, all the believers and Christians in uh, Russia uh, until uh, the message struck and came out of Poland and came into that part of the world. And uh, God did a great work over there. And uh, I was a witness of many of those things that were taking place uh, in that part of the world and traveled uh, many, many times. I, I, I was trying to think of how many times uh, I've been over there, and I, I couldn't remember it all. But we know this, that in Matthew chapter 24, the gospel, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. So the message had to go. And I believe that the Iron Curtain opened up for two reasons. And one of them was to let the message in. And the other thing was to let the Jews out. There were Jews that had to go back to Israel. And there was a message that had to come to them because there's an elect in every nation on earth as Jesus prophesied. 
And so that was the reason that that happened. And uh, even though we see it closing now, the message is certainly well established in that part of the world. Even if the nation itself and even if the government itself is, is anti-Christian and anti-Bible and anti-Christ and all the rest of it, there are still believers in there and the message is there, uh, certainly in lots of ministers and so forth uh, in that part of the world. That's what Jesus promised would happen. He says now in the great servant Moses, you can't plant corn now and go out and gather it in an hour. You've got to let it lay there and the seed die, rot away, new life comes up in the spring in the corn. So there's a season, there's a time to plant and then there's a time to reap. And he said that's the way we do now. We're putting the seed in the hearts of the people and that's when this great time of reaping comes and it'll be materialized, it'll be a great thing happen. So God knows when to plant in order to have a harvest at the right time. Right? We might know how to plant, but God knows how to time the planting in relation to the harvest. So he knows when the end is going to come. So the planting's got to happen in the right time before the harvest, uh, the right distance away from the harvest, because God's got it all timed out, and he knows the future just as well as we know the present. So uh, let me tell you something. God's got this under control, and if God's got a program, God's got a way, God's got a work, God's got uh, an undertaking, nothing's going to stop it. No no unbeliever is going to stop it. Only the unbeliever himself will stop. And so these believers in Russia, uh, these are not uh, <clears throat> passive people. These are people who uh, certainly have uh, paid a price over the years living in a very tough regime. And uh, <clears throat> these people are uh, pretty rugged. I see some of you shaking your heads. I'll tell you what, that is no pleasant thing to have to baptize in the water there. But they do it. And um, there's many, many believers that have... Uh, come forth in that part of the world. And these are families just like ours. These are people just like us, uh, just born in that part of the world. And uh, they love the message. They believe uh, just the same as we do. They, uh, they'll be there just the same as we will be in the marriage supper. They're not, uh, they're not uh, communists. They're not identified with that. Uh, they're just people who happen to live in that part of the world. And I believe God would have them there for a witness. God didn't choose you to be a witness there, but he chose them to be a witness there. And I will tell you that I know many people who live there that, uh, you know, are just very genuine, lovely people and just love the Lord as much in, uh, as we do over here. And uh, they're, I believe, under God's watchful eye. Uh, <clears throat> these are some of these pictures that I'm showing you here are pictures that uh, were taken on the Crimea Peninsula when we were allowed to go there. And it was actually a part of Ukraine. Now that's actually a part of Russia. And so things have changed quite a bit. But there were thousands of believers who came uh, every year into Crimea, and we had a convention there. It was a place for all the believers to gather, and it was cheap and easy and very nice weather, so it was nice to uh, be able to go there. But uh, we have many, many, many conventions over in that particular spot. Now, I've got a couple of better maps here to show you, and this gives you kind of a glimpse of the region. I know you've seen lots of maps on the news and so forth, but this gives you a little bit of the, uh, the idea of the communist influence uh, in, in uh, the world previously or uh, before this time. And Ukraine and Belarus are still a part of uh, uh, this, this area that's in question and in conflict. So uh, hold on to that image here now. We're going to use that in just a moment. In this entire part of the world, and this would include 12 different nations, there was a team of four brothers who were instrumental in translating all of the message and all the sermons in the Russian language. Two of them I'm working with every day now, and one is the brother over on the far right, Brother Batali, and then uh, the taller brother is Brother Anton, who lived over here in the United States for a while, 
And these brothers worked together, coordinated the translation and broadcast and recording, voiceover recording of all the sermons of Brother Branham and did an absolutely fantastic job in a very short period of time. And uh, this is Brother uh, Rehoboth, who I've showed you a picture before, and uh, this was a printing operation that we were able to help set up uh, in Donetsk over here, and he's the pastor of that church in Donetsk, and then over on the uh, on the right is Brother Anatoly, and he was, uh, they, they had these special printing machines that they used in order to duplicate the message over there. And then we did some bigger printing for the believers in that part of the world, and this was a number of years ago. So <clears throat> these, are, uh, these are people, and I'm showing you this just to let you know that all the message uh, is available, accessible, translated. Everything is inside uh, the former Soviet Union, so the believers have access to it. And these are, uh, these are uh, uh, believers that uh, embrace that. Even though now many of them are locked in place and they really can't go very far, they, have, they at least have uh, the message in their possession. This gives you an idea of some of the churches that are in that part of the world. Okay, So when we look at the part of the world that's in conflict now, uh, this, is, uh, this is some of the churches that are there. This map obviously changes quite a bit, and it doesn't have anything on the East European side. So Poland, Slovakia, Hungary, Romania, as many believers in that part of the world, over on the left of your map there, and uh, they're not listed on this side. But these are churches that are in the former Soviet Union. There was believers scattered all over the place there. So we're talking about a lot of believers in that, in that part of the world, and that's why this is all of concern to us. Okay? And... Uh, over the years, we were able to help and get those churches established, like uh, doing things like this. And then uh, we helped them get set up to do all the recording. This is Brother Batali, and uh, he was known as the voice of William Branham in that part of the world. And he was the guy who did the voiceovers for all the recordings. So we would play Brother Branham's message in the background, and he would ride over the top uh, with, uh, with the Russian part. And it was very well done. And Russian people are by nature very technical. So they're, uh, they have the capability of being able to, uh, you know, do all these recordings. And they're very computer savvy. And uh, lots of, uh, lots of uh, believers today even, you know, communicating as we speak here. I got an email even here uh, right while uh, I got to the pulpit here. And I brought my phone uh, for a reason. But these brothers are very technical. So they're good at, uh, you know, that part of making the recordings. And, uh, the websites that have all of their own search programs for the message in Russian and so on. Uh, very, very smart folks. So Brother Branham says, we're at the end time, and the things that was once in the church at the beginning will be restored again at the end time. The things that were in the church in the beginning will be restored again at the end time. We're living in that time. We're living in a time when those things are coming to pass. And he said, if it was puzzling to the people in that day, how much more will it be in this day? In other words, people looking at that and wondering how these people survived, even the persecution that went on. But they did. And it wasn't because that they were stronger than other people or wealthier than other people or had better political connections. That wasn't it at all. But it was the presence of God that was with them, that watched over them. But my friend, God's gospel must be preached, and he'll send it regardless of what people say. And you can't stop it. It's like fighting a fire in a high wind. He said, God will shine his light forth. So I believe this, that before all of this is over, God will find every ordained, predestinated seed, no matter where they are in the world. And I believe that God allows certain things to happen because he knows exactly where his seed is. And that's what his concern is, is not so much straightening out the political order in all of these countries. Uh, the world is falling apart. 
And if God wanted to restore it back into a place of, uh, you know, being solid again, he would. But he's not. I believe that God is moving his people around to where he wants them to be so that we can leave here at the right time because he knows exactly when the harvest is going to come. And so all of this is happening, I believe, uh, under God's watchful eye. So let's focus in a little bit on the country of Ukraine because that's where uh, we're concerned about tonight. And this is, again, not a complete picture, but this is a picture of uh, many of the churches that are in, uh, in that part of the world. And uh, as a result now of the attacks that are going on, there are many believers who have managed to get out of some of these bigger cities because that's where the concentration of force is. And they are traveling. So we have three groups of people now that we're concerned about. And I don't know if I have any battery here. Ah, look at that. We have believers who are trapped in some of these cities. The people who are in Donetsk, Mariupol, and Melitopol down here are all locked in. They're surrounded by uh, forces that disallow them to be able to travel or move at all. And as a result of that, they're stationary. We have believers who are moving. They're traveling. Uh, they're taking vehicles and anything they can put in their vehicle, and they're moving west. Because over on the western side, where Romania, Slovakia, Poland, uh, these countries are over here, these are friend, what they call friendly borders. We have about a million people now travel to this edge of Ukraine. They cannot get out. The men cannot get out. If you're under 60 years old, you can't get out. Today, they passed a law in Ukraine saying that even if you showed up at the border and you were under 60 years old and you were male and you attempted to apply to get across to one of the other countries, you would be immediately taken and put in the army. You were given a gun, put in the army, no questions asked. So up to today, you could go up to the border and apply to leave the country. You can't do that anymore if you're a male because they want every able-bodied male who can stand on two feet and breathe to carry a weapon, uh, and, and that's the law in the land. So the brothers, I had a face-to-face phone conversation, a FaceTime call with one of the brothers today, and it just literally broke my heart just listening to him talk because he was describing how they came to a decision together as seven of them and their family. And they had to sit there and decide, are we going to let the women, children, and old people cross the border because they can and leave the men behind? Or are the women and children and old people going to stay with the men and stay in the city of Ushkarad? And they had to, he described how they came to that decision to stay and they were going to stay together as a family unit. And I'll tell you what, he began to tear up and I began to tear up because it was just, uh, it was just really moving to listen to how uh, they were discussing that. And he said it's just been such a draining uh, experience for them. They came to, this family came to Ushgorod, which is right on the border here of Slovakia. And there are believers in that city. And the believers helped some of the refugee believers find an apartment there, an empty space. And so they're renting that apartment temporarily. And they're holed up in that, but they can't go any farther west. As long as they're inside the country of Ukraine, they're subject to Ukrainian laws. And then, uh, you know, unless, unless something miraculous happens, they will eventually be subject to Russian laws. And so <clears throat> these believers then, um, we have a million people who are gathered on this border 
just like the believers that I just described, and they're all waiting. The European Union is realizing now that they are going to be faced with a massive uh, immigration and uh, um, a crisis of uh, a refugee crisis. That, uh, that they're going to be faced with because these, these people are going to be wanting to cross the border as soon as they possibly can, and they'll begin to do it outside of the law as things get increasingly worse inside of Russia. So there are already teams mobilizing, including Samaritan's Purse and others, that are mobilizing on this side of the border over here uh, and supplying and stocking uh, cities and towns and villages all across the border here in these countries uh, in order to uh, minister to the people who are coming across because when they come across this border, they have to walk. And if they walk, they can only carry what they can carry when they cross the border. So the people who I know left Kiev over here and they took their possessions with them in the car. But seven of them in the car, they were only able to take a little bit of stuff with them. When they got to Ushgorod, now they're going to have to cross practically without anything. So there is a massive supply scenario going on on the other side of that border in order to help the people that are leaving there. Now, I've showed you this picture before. This is Brother uh, Ivanov, who is an evangelist in the city of Mariupol. And uh, he, uh, he was the one who had COVID and was in the hospital. Uh, I showed you some pictures there, and this is his wife, Olga. Uh, very fine brother, uh, just a real uh, Christian couple uh, raising their four children uh, there in their apartment. You've got to look outside that window because yesterday he sent me a video of what was going on outside his window. Let's see if we can do it here. I don't know whether we can pull it up or not. In the background, you see the tanks rolling. This is outside his apartment window. And these are Ukrainian tanks that are rolling down. They're moving in order to avoid the Russian tanks, which are completely surrounding the city. Last night, they went in and blew the gizzard out of Mariupol. And so they're completely... Uh, not completely, but they're almost under Russian control. One of the older ministers there saw in a vision a pair of black hands attempting to sign a piece of paper, which was a document, and uh, a pair of white hands that were uh, preventing, able to prevent that, but allowed that person to sign the document, and so on. He tells that prophecy. That prophecy has been translated. I may have gotten it. Uh, Brother Lucas is going to be working on our website here, so we're going to transfer a lot of this stuff over to our website so we can have a rolling update, because I just can't keep up. We're working on this 24 hours uh, a day, and I, I, just, I can't keep up with all the communication that's going on with all the other stuff that's happening. And so we're going to use the website to update uh, all the images and all the news that we have from the believers over in that part of the world. All right, so let me just go on. He, descri- he shows those tanks, and we'll get that clip to you. 
today, this is some of the believers who were traveling and um, in their town in the south of, of Ukraine and uh, going to the store to buy whatever they could buy with whatever money they could get. The money that uh, they're using, and as I mentioned on Sunday, <clears throat> the average wage in, in Ukraine is about $300 a month. Last month in February, because the economy basically had collapsed in preparation for war, they really, most of them really only got about 10% of their salary. So they got $30 for the month of February for their labor. That was on average. So they basically, without any savings, and many of them without savings or any, any other resources, and no ability, they don't have a card that they can swipe and uh, lots of people that they can borrow from. So we have been... Uh, channeling funds into the country as fast as we possibly can. And uh, these were some people who received some of that funding and uh, were able to purchase some of these groceries that you see. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. This is a note that they wrote to me. And they said, God's peace be to you, dear brothers and sisters. And with all of our church, we greet you from the bottom of our hearts in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And in these uneasy times for Ukraine, we especially feel the unity of the bride of the Lord Jesus. And we especially have seen that when the Lord inspired you to help, uh, to help the flock of Ukraine. We have brought, bought the most necessary things today, which is groceries. That's all they're really able to get. And we also thank you for the brother who is in the ranks of the military right now. He also sends his greetings and appreciation. That was a family member they had. They said, Lord bless you and your families, and we are in need of prayers. That's the thing they always ask for is for us to pray for them. I posted this picture today. Uh, this went viral, and uh, these are these two little kids that are in the basement with the heater. Uh, just kind of break your heart uh, when you think about it. And uh, this is where many of the believers live through the day, so when they, especially when they hear the sirens go off. Uh, this is where they find themselves in the cold basement. It's cold and damp anyway in Ukraine. It's colder and damper in the basement, let me assure you. Been down there. And so these kids are uh, camping out in that, uh, in that condition and uh, just learning to adjust and live there over the last week or so. This is another family who's in the south of Ukraine, and they took a picture of what they were able to buy with the offerings that were sent to them. Unfortunately now, uh, these are the conditions of the stores in that part of the world. So over on the right, you see a picture there of the shelves, and that's basically what a lot of them face when they go uh, inside the stores there. So we were working with, and we have, I have found a way uh, for us to be able to get funds over to certain brothers who live in certain towns, and for some reason it works. But this is Brother Oleg, and Brother Oleg is kind of like a, uh, uh, an angel in that part of the world because we're able to channel funds to Brother Oleg. And uh, I have several brothers in the country and some in other countries who are channeling funds constantly, trickling funds to Brother Oleg. And then Brother Oleg receives it on his phone. When he gets it on his phone, He's able, because they do a lot of phone banking over there, he's able to take those funds and transfer them to people in his church and transfer them to other churches so that they can transfer them to other people in their churches. So that's how it's happening. And uh, this is Brother Oleg's family here, and this is what it looks like. I get these pictures all day long where brothers are uh, doing MoneyGram, they're doing REI, they're doing, not REI, it's R what? RIA, I think it is and uh, different uh, vehicles for channeling money over to those individuals over on, on that part of the world. Brother Aaron is one of those people who's been helping me get uh, funds over there, and then I have several others who are uh, helping to get uh, things moving and to be able to have uh, funds in the hands of the people over there because otherwise they have nothing. 
They literally have nothing. And so uh, this has become a, just a real blessing to them. And uh, people have been sending funds uh, our way through the church here, and then we channel it over to uh, the brothers in, in the, that part of the world as long as they're able. If we send too much money, they get flagged. And once they get flagged, they're cut off, and we can't send any more. So we have to use all kinds of creative ways to get things there. And by God's grace, we've been able to do that. And it's been uh, a great help and a great resource to the people over on that side. So for you folks and for those that are listening, the offerings that are given, uh, they're channeled straight into that pipeline and they go uh, straight to that uh, part of the world. And uh, we have uh, this, this trail of events. Now, but let me show you this. And this is something that uh, is going to be new to you. The yellow line there outlines the border of Ukraine and the other countries around it there, and basically that's the map of Europe. So they know that with all of this million people who are now, uh, today, assembled on this border right here uh, of Ukraine, they are going to be attempting to cross these borders into this part of the world over here, Poland, Slovakia, Hungary, Romania, and there's believers in all these parts of, of the world. Okay, in East Europe, lots of believers uh, who are scattered all through these countries along this border here. That's Belarus, so you don't want to go there. But uh, all along this edge right here is where there's lots of believers uh, and churches across there. So the third phase of what we've been doing, we've been helping folks who have been trapped by getting funds to them because they can't get out. We have been helping people who are on the move so they can receive money on their phones, and they can go to gas stations if they can find gas and get more uh, gas to, to keep moving. The third thing we've been doing is working on, and I've been working with Brother Rap Crook, and a whole, uh, probably uh, uh, now about two dozen European ministers who have been accumulating supplies in this part of the world. That's Holland, that's Belgium, that's Germany. And they've been accumulating supplies to put on trucks. And those believers are tr beginning at the end of this week and early next week to truck those supplies down to believers in this part of the world. And they're going to stockpile some of these supplies in churches and in compounds there and in some places renting uh, small warehouses, empty warehouses, and having them ready for believers to access so that when these believers cross over, they'll be able to minister to them with toothbrushes and socks and food and all kinds of necessities because they, they leave their country with nothing. So we're preparing, uh, coordinating with these brothers right here, and we've created a WhatsApp uh, loop with these brothers. Marcus Becker uh, is one of them. Some of you know Brother Andrew Murray in Ireland. Uh, there's brothers in, uh, in Scotland and England over on this side over here who are helping out, and uh, the brothers in Norway. Uh, there's Denmark here, and Norway is up to the north, and they're all contributing to this uh, kind of a mini convoy where they're going to load up and, and deposit these materials, and we're working on churches in this part of the region here to be able to house those supplies so that when the believers come. So we're thinking down the road a little bit, uh, to be able to minister to those people when they get there. So that's happening. And in the meantime, these believers, and this is their request, these believers, and this is not a shot of believers here, but this is a shot of some of the border area where they're trying to cross over into that part of the world. And they're making decisions about leaving the men 
and letting the women and children cross. Uh, there's a lot of things about this whole struggle that I can't imagine. But that would be pretty tough because you never know where you're gonna, whether you're going to see your husband or your uncle or your grandfather again, your brother. You're never, you're never going to know. And so this is what's happening on the borders here. And uh, they're becoming more tightly controlled by the European Union. And uh, they've allowed uh, Ukraine now to be a part of the European Union. So, uh, you know, there's some changes that are going on there. But still, uh, this is a uh, kind of a difficult process to get through there. But they're still not letting men outside the country. So there's a bunch of brothers there who are, uh, they're sincerely requesting prayer. But also, too, you have to remember that they've left their homes in other parts of Ukraine. They've come here to a place like Ushkarod, and they have nothing with them. They literally have nothing with them. And so uh, I talked to one brother today by phone, and uh, we were sending him funds. And because he had received uh, funds that he was distributing to other people, he was flagged by MoneyGram and cut off. And so he was asking me, he said, what can we do? And I said, you know, I said, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to pray. And then the second thing we're going to do is we're going to explore other ways to get funds to you so that you can be able to minister to the people that are gathering over there. Because the church in Uskarat is only a little small group over there, and, you know, they're facing the same economic difficulties as uh, the people uh, who, are, who are arriving there. So it's difficult. So <clears throat> Brother Branham refers to this whole uh, group of people as 11th hour workers, and 11th hour workers are, were in, in the mind of God, in the eye of God. And like I say, these people are, are just uh, folks who love the Lord and, uh, you know, serve him and do all they possibly can. Now, I just want to share this little story with you because some of you are looking pretty devastated here. So I want to share a little uh, positive testimony with you. And this is a picture of myself at, at, at Auschwitz when I visited there with Brother Zalish. Now, some of my guys will know Brother Zalish because he visited our home. And uh, Brother Zalish is a pastor, lives in Czech Republic, and that's his wife who's on his uh, left-hand side. And uh, Brother Zalish has a great testimony because in the early days when uh, Czechoslovakia, before it was Czech Republic and Slovakia, it was one country called Czechoslovakia, and uh, Brother Zalish was a person who hand-carried the message uh, into that, those parts of the world. He uh, transcribed it by listening to it and, and gave it out to people, and that's how the churches actually began in that whole part of the world. Poland, Czech Republic, and Slovakia, that's how it began. So Brother Zalish is a person who was instrumental in doing that in the early days. When Brother Zalish distributed the message, this is how they had to do it. They would walk around, and it's not uncommon for the men to have a shoulder bag, and they would walk uh, down the street with the shoulder bag, and they'd have an arranged meeting with somebody coming the other way. And as they would walk down with a message book in their, in their little satchel, they would walk down and bump into that person uh, on purpose. They would rub shoulders with that person, bump into them. And when they did, they would react like this and sweep the knapsack over onto the other person's shoulder, and he'd walk on that way, and Brother Zali should go this way. That's how they distributed the message to people because you couldn't be seen taking a message and giving it out like that to somebody. You had to do everything had to be done incognito. Brother Zalish was eventually caught. He was, he was found out by the uh, Romanian authorities and he was taken into custody and he was tortured for what they knew he was doing and that was distributing things that they thought were an enemy to the state. And uh, as a result of that, Brother Zalish went through uh, some really difficult times, and he told me some of those experiences that he had, which were pretty 
uh, pretty rough at the hands of the communist regime. And when he, uh, when he went through that and still uh, stood strong over those years, he came through that with a great testimony and uh, was a person who uh, you know, became uh, known and, and uh, his testimony traveled around that part of the world. And uh, as a result, he was able to go around and help establish and, and uh, support lots of other churches that began in that area. And he's still there. He's, he's older now, and he's still uh, moving around. But uh, he's got young brothers in his church now that are uh, doing the same kind of work that he did. But he is one who uh, can tell you how dangerous it was to fall into the hands of the wrong people and get caught. But he can also tell you that, uh, you know, by God's grace, he survived that whole cycle of persecution that he went through. And so, uh, you know, the, the, the feeling... And I, 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 we've just been, you know, trying to imagine this over this last week, the feeling that, um, you know, your country is being taken away and you're going to come under an authority that's hostile to the gospel and hostile to your way of life. You don't have any choice. But if, if, if that happens in the country of Ukraine, uh, you can imagine how daunting of a feeling that must be for those people that are there and the restrictions that will be put on the people in Ukraine. But I will tell you that if we go back to the original statements here that I read at the very beginning, Brother Branham said that, uh, he said, God knows exactly what he's doing. He said in putting uh, the seed in at a certain time and then going for the harvest, he said we're putting the seeds in the hearts of the people, and when this great time of reaping comes, it'll be materialized, it'll be a great thing happen. So there's no redrawing of borders that's going to limit the Holy Spirit. There's no political power that is going to rob you of a revelation. There is no army that is going to put down the bride of Jesus Christ because we are not a people who depend on physical strength. We depend on the presence of God. And I will tell you that that's what those believers over there are depending on and trusting God for. And so we're, uh, we're excited for those people and uh, excited as well that not only in that part of the world but in other parts of the world, and this is the last slide that I have, but in other parts of the world, uh, that the message is, is going out. This, I wanted to show you this in conclusion here. At, in uh, the nation of Mozambique, when the brothers went in, and I told you on Sunday that they were put in jail uh, for distributing materials in the country, they went before one of the authorities there, and uh, when, they, uh, when they got before him, they said, it's going to cost you $15,000 to get a permit for you to distribute the message in that country. And uh, they said, unless you pay that, <coughs> you're... Uh, you're not going to be able to give out anything. There's no message going to reach the, uh, the, the churches that you're associated with in this country at all. Now, Mozambique is an enormous country. It is abs- and I don't have the map, but it's, it's a really large, spread-out country. And there's lots and lots of believers. matter of fact, we really don't know how many believers are in Mozambique, but there are all kinds of them. Brother Precious told me, he said, these people are so destitute for materials. They haven't had anything for years and years. And he said he went to one church and saw a pastor there, and he had a book, an old spoken word mag, uh, sermon. And he said all the words on the pages were basically rubbed out uh, from people reading that one sermon book. And he said, rubbing their hands over it and stuff and uh, marking it. And he said there was almost nothing visible that was left on the page there. And they speak Portuguese and Chichewa in that part of the world. So then here comes Brother Precious in with the truck <laughs> and all these pictures and seals books, church age books. Uh, giving them out to the people, and these ministers lined up. Let me tell you, they did a backflip when they saw Brother Precious come. 
And now all of a sudden, you know, they felt connected. They felt like, wow, we have spiritual food after all this time, years and years and years and years. And uh, then, then they wind up in jail. So he called me on Sunday night. He said, they let us out of jail. He said, I came back to Malawi, got my phone back, and he said, I, I thought I'd call you and, and discuss the situation. And he said, they want $15,000 for a permit. I said, you know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of sacks of flour. And uh, I said, how do we know that they're going to honor that? Uh, if we paid that money, how do we know we're going to honor that in another part of the country? Or would they just take the money and run? I said, that's a, that's a lot of money. And I said, I don't want to put your brothers in harm way, harm's way going into Mozambique and getting arrested again. And I said, so maybe we just, maybe we're, we're, our timing is not right. We just hold off a little bit and maybe go in a little bit later on or whatever. He wrote me the next day a long letter, and I wish I had the time to read it to you. But he said, hey, Brother Barry, God's people never back up. They, never, they don't know anything about the word retreat. He said, we felt led to go in with this truck. And he said, we have everything still on the truck. We want to go in again. And he says, tell you what. He said, let me go in and talk to the governor myself and just present the case to the governor and see what he has to say about the $15,000. And so Brother Precious went in, and he related to me the conversation he had with the governor. And he said to the governor, we don't have any money. He said, we just have good friends who live in America, and we serve a God uh, who has enabled us to have all this material for churches. And we're trying to make better citizens in the country of Mozambique, not hand out weapons. And they said, if there's any way possible, they said, he, they said, look at us. We don't have silver and gold. Look at us. We don't have money. We don't have fancy vehicles. He said, we're just here trying to uh, serve our God and uh, be a witness of what God has done in our time. And uh, Brother Precious gave the governor a copy of the Church Age book and the Seals book. And uh, he said, here, you can have your own copy of it and look at it yourself. And uh, the governor looked at it, went out of the room, talked a little bit, came back, and he said, all right. He said, so he reduced the price, I think, by about 80% and uh, stamped all the papers for him and said, all right, here you go. He says, you can go anywhere in the country and give out the materials. I said, so I, today, I said to Brother Precious, I said, so what's next? He said, he said, what's next? He said, the truck is already loaded. He said, I have three people who work for me. They're all ready to go. And he said, as soon as the weekend comes and church, we have our church here in our, uh, in our assembly, he said, we're going to put everything we have available onto the truck and add more. And he said, we're going to head to the country and travel around Mozambique. The ministers there are already calling him. They were calling him while he was on the phone with me and asking, when are you going to come to our village? When are you going to come to our town? When are you going to come to our city? And they're all very anxious to uh, have scenes like this all over the, the nation of Mozambique. And this is something that has not been accomplished for years and years and years. And so uh, they're very excited. Brother Precious is very excited. I'm very excited. And I hope you're a little bit excited because, to me, this is the book of Acts all happening again. You know, we give a little, we, we give funds, we give uh, an offering, you know, we're, we're reminded of missions and, and so forth. But in a sense, we're kind of disconnected, you know, because it's, it's not our country. And we, we really don't know what it's like to live under conditions like that. But I will tell you, when you get to heaven and meet those people and they put their arms around you, you'll get a real sense of how appreciative they are and you know, just, just for you to have a part of, of that blessing for them. Uh, Brother Branham said that God never forgets that. And he said, Brother Branham often said, he said, when I take a missionary offering and I take it overseas, he says, everyone who gives receives a portion of that blessing in return. 
And I say this tonight, I think we're a blessed people. So I'm going to ask you to do this. If you would remember the people, especially in Ukraine, all three categories, the people who are locked down, the people who are moving, and the people who are uh, trying to deal with the border situation there, uh, if you don't mind remembering that. Because when I ask them, they tell me, they said, this is what we really need. They need a few bucks in order to buy what they can. But let me tell you, they need prayer because they depend daily on God's mercies, which are new every day. Let's stand to our feet. Have our musicians come. And I'd like to just, if you don't mind, I'd just like to pray with you for them and remind you that faith pursues what revelation reveals. And when you know that, uh, you know, you're responding to God's inspiration to be able to help and but all the other people that, and, as, and I don't want to imply, and I don't want to insert myself into this and say, well, Brother Barry is doing all of this. I'm only a cog in the wheel, like Brother Aaron and, uh, you know, the brothers in Europe and the brothers in Ohio. And uh, I had calls from New Zealand. I had calls from uh, Canada. I had calls uh, just all day long and over this week. Uh, people literally over the entire globe saying, hey, how can we help? How can we assist? What can we send? How do we send it? and uh, just trying to channel all of that. I'm just a, a piece in this chain, and that's how God gets it done. He uses people. He uses men. And I'm, I'm one of them. I happen to be the guy with the big mouth, and I'm telling you all the stories and showing the pictures, but, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just a, a part of that process. And Lucas is going to be kicking into gear and helping, uh, you know, doing some of the technical work, and Peter's doing a, a job for me here, and uh, you know, there's just there's so many people that are involved, and that's how it gets done. Because we're a body, right? Bodies have lots of parts, but all the parts are connected. And so this is probably going to be a process that will stretch out for a while. We have a lot to be concerned about for them. This will be a situation that we will have needs represented over there. If I could, if I could. I'd be on a plane. I'd be over there on the Polish border and be ready for the people over there. If I could, if I can arrange it, I would. Uh, I know some believers that are going to be probably going over there and uh, helping out. So we want to do all we can to assist them and, and uh, try to stand with them because that's tough. It's a pretty tough thing. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, as we stand here tonight, we realize, Lord, that there are many things happening that we probably didn't realize would be happening this day. And Lord, a lot of believers tonight, and it's already 4 and 5 o'clock in the morning over there, they're probably listening to bombs falling and tanks rolling. But Lord, we pray that you and your mercy would be close to them. Grant to them the assurance of your presence. May the angels of God encamp around about them in a very real way. We know your mercies, they're new every day. And these believers, Lord, and their families, they're just like us. They're looking for a little shalom in the home. They're looking for a little shalom in the church. They're looking for a normal day when they can go to work and just live and provide for their families. And our hearts go out to them. Lord, I can't help but every time I close my eyes and see those two little kids in the basement wrapped up in blankets. And to think that that's where they're going to be for a while. 
I just ask that you'd bless that family. I ask that you'd bless that mom and dad. And I pray that you would provide through all the different channels that are opening up to provide for them. Use us. Use us as an assembly. Use the assemblies around the world. Minister, Lord, through those that are helping. And Lord Jesus, we believe that every single one of those believers are in your hand and you stood on this earth and said no man is able to pluck them out of my hand so Lord may we open up our hearts may we open up our heart of compassion to them and Lord may we just remember them in prayer continually have your way Lord we pray Have your way among them and have your way among us, Lord. May we unite behind the cause. May we rally our resources, Lord, to minister to these people. Keep the rivers flowing. That's my prayer, Lord. Keep the rivers flowing, we pray. In Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. What are you playing? Jehovah
Cover me when everything falls apart. I'm going to let you go tonight. If you don't mind remembering these needs in prayer, we'd appreciate it. Brother, Brother Dennis McBride will be here on the weekend, and I'll be in Florida ministering there. I'll try to keep everybody updated. I've been trying to do that and send you some stuff. And so I, I always feel like you don't want any more. try to keep you updated no matter where I am because of this stuff. This, 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 I've got my hand on it all the time here. So you pray for us on the weekend that we'll be able to do that. And then Brother Dennis will be here for Sunday. Sunday school back in motion again. Sing it tonight. God bless you as you go. Peace of God cover. Passes all right.